0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. From the moment we come into this world we're exposed to conditioning. Some of it good, some of it bad, some of it unconscious. Most of it we're not aware about and it can take a lifetime to undo some of this conditioning. On this episode I spoke to Simon Townsend. Simon's a medical doctor with an MBCHB and BSC in psychology. He left the hospital 15 years ago to pursue self-awareness training with the Avatar course and he's now a full-time Avatar master dedicated to helping people go beyond their self-imposed limitations and gain an experiential understanding that they're more than their mind and body. By developing the skills of personal responsibility and compassion, Simon seeks to empower individuals to enhance their lives. For anyone wanting to dive a little deeper and work on themselves, I highly recommend you tune in. Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. If you'd like to learn more, you can purchase the Movie Mind book by going to nickbrax.com/book, and you can find all other information by just going to nickbrax.com. Simon, thank you so much for making the time to come on my podcast for your first ever uh, podcast interview. So I feel very privileged to have you have you on here. And yeah, no, I've, I've obviously seen a lot of the work that you're doing. We had a good chat about a week and a half ago, and. Love everything that you're about, so feel you know very lucky to be able to sit here and have this time with you today.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Nick. I'm very happy to be here. A little bit nervous, but I'm looking forward to connecting and exploring a few things with you.
0: I appreciate it, mate. No, absolutely. Um, so, I guess to, to before we get into it, are you able to just give a bit of a background on yourself and how you came to be doing what you're doing today?
1: Yes, so I'm. Um, well, I'm currently delivering a course called the Avatar Course. That's my current work, and that's been quite a journey in getting to where I am today. I'm also a um, trained medical doctor, so my background, um, even before medicine, I, I did a, a degree in psychology, a uh, Bachelor of Science, and then from there moved into medicine and worked mainly. I was, you know, working as a junior doctor and locoming around New Zealand and mainly working in the emergency departments, which I really enjoyed. Um, and, you know, part of my journey uh, was realize I mean, I had, you know, a, a big part of uh, the change into the work I'm doing now was really outwardly I had everything. You know, I had a really? successful career. I had uh, many you know, good friends, I had, you know, everything outwardly that you could want, but I was not happy. And there was a point I can remember, you know, reflecting, well, if I've got all these things, you know, what is it that has me still feel, you know, relatively unhappy with where I'm at? And, you know, I'd always been interested in spiritual pursuit. I think particularly within Buddhism and uh, one book that had a lot of meaning to me was also Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. And so I was always, I always had this um, interest that there was more to it than outward pursuit in terms of what leads to a happy life. And when I, I suppose, to cut the, go to the short story, you know, one of the, the experiences I had when I went to do the Avatar course, uh, which was just through some very close friends of mine, uh, you know, I went and checked it out, very, very sceptical. You know, I'm from a very science (laughs) basis, so I was like, I don't need all this sort of. You know sort of slightly more uh, you know airy fairy stuff that maybe doesn't you know I, I already know it all. I think I was entering. Um, but it, yeah. it led me to some realizations of just just how profound the experience is when we move beyond our mind and realizing a broader perspective. And it really fascinated me and took my interest. Uh, at the start, I never thought I'd be it would be my full-time career, uh, but I, I, I followed my interest further. And and I suppose what attracted me most was the ability to really help others uh, move beyond a limited viewpoint into a much broader perspective of who they are, in, in a way that didn't take so long. So that um, has continued over. I've been now doing this work for fifteen years, and it's just got more and more extraordinary and more challenges and but it it is not um my inspiration for it and and how it works has not got less and i can't say that for a lot of my other pursuits so that's yeah. sort of the short version. <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course there's lots of twists and turns along the way you know
0: <laughs> which i'm sure we'll you know we'll, we'll be able to explore and and dig deeper into but i i love that and i love i love the fact that um you've gone down a certain path and then found, you know, you've been tapped in enough to yourself, you know, before you got into what you're doing now to realise that that, hey, I've done what I thought I was meant to do, probably what everyone around you told you, you were meant to do, but it wasn't fulfilling enough and you were able to listen to that. And a thing that comes up almost every interview on this podcast is, you know, that sort of gut tapping into your gut, your intuition, really being able to block out the noise because we live in a world that is full of noise, more so than ever. And yeah. try to understand, you know, what what do I actually want? What makes me fulfilled? How do I wanna go about things? And it's a really difficult thing to do.
1: Yeah, well well, I think that's so difficult because there are so many societal pressures, you know, of who you're meant to be, yeah. what you're meant to look like, you know, what your job's meant to look like. And um there's there's a huge amount of uh pressure from, you know, from parents, from friends, from I just guess just the usual social norms. So I think stepping out of that for me was probably the hard one of the hardest parts of my journey. And for me, it was like a grieving process. It's almost like I had to it was like the death of a part of an idea of who I thought I was going to be within the traditional medical model. And yep. and and realizing that person wasn't going to look the way I'd imagined. And that that was many moments of you know, personal torment <laughs> going, you know, what am I doing? And is this the right direction? And and you don't have many people to reflect that off, you know, because a lot of people can't understand that journey. Um, and I, you know, but like what you're saying, trust your gut. You know, I, I just had to learn to really trust my own direction. And, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful that I did, but I can't say that was necessarily an easy, an easy process are you know, many moments of doubting myself. And going, gosh, you know, maybe I'm, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm, you know, really going down the wrong track and all of that. And, and I think, you know, but then always coming back to, well, what is it that truly fulfills me and what is it truly that makes me happy and listening to that part of myself? And I think that's been the most important aspect is, I guess, learning to trust in my own decisions.
0: Yeah, I think, again, that's such a good point because... I mean, no matter what we do in life anyway, there's going to be uncertainty whether we like it or not, but we naturally are looking for how can I eliminate that uncertainty? Mm-hmm. And I think as humans, you know, we we don't want to, we want to sort of have things structured and not have to have that worry. And it's, again, a line of thinking that needs to be broken. But the point you're making there of, you know, there's often on the, it's it's an individual path. So there might, it might be limited in how many people are going to really be able to Give you the right advice because they haven't done it themselves. And it's something that I was even having a conversation last week about with my own path and, you know, the, the journey had various mentors, but sometimes you have to also realize who you are and are not taking advice from because yeah. on reflection, I was looking at, hang on, I've, in some of these circumstances, I was getting advice of people that aren't do haven't done what I'm trying to do and don't in their own life, they're not trying to do what I'm trying to do. Yet I was listening to the advice they gave me and trying to apply mm-hmm. that to my own journey. So yes, we do need mentors and, and advice, but also we need to be careful of who that's coming from. So that's another um, tricky yeah. thing, which I'm sure comes up in your <laughs> work a lot.
1: Oh, a lot, you know, and I think part of the the challenge there is in the, you know, the society, particularly Western society that we live in, you know, things are measured by outward pursuit you know by what you've acquired by your status by your you know by money by you know all those things and I, I think um, I guess the good fortune I've had in my life is I I did experience some success early on you know so I got to experience um, those aspects to some degree and realize that's not where it's at you know that that's not ultimately what brings a happy fulfilled life and you know that the inner journey And ultimately realizing that I'm not my mind, you know, I think that was the big part of it, that my thoughts are not me. You know, I think that was so essential um, to not get caught up in the intellectual working out and problem solving of what I should do, but learning to listen to another part of myself um, and from a much broader perspective, which ultimately I, I always had this fascination About altruism and about, you know, intellectually understanding that helping and contributing leads to a more fulfilled life. But, like, honestly, I don't think I'd really experienced it much because I hadn't done it much. You know, it had all been about me and all about how I looked and all about, you know, how would others perceive me and and what's my image in the world? You know, that was what was driving all my decisions. You know, it was very self centered. And, And to suddenly look a big part of my. Uh, interest in psychology was really understanding is altruism even real? You know, because I didn't believe it could even exist because we're usually doing it for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, at some level. And I think starting to stretch more for the experience of what it is to be able to really connect with someone and really act from more compassion and kindness, and that that's what really brings fulfillment. And I think having that experience became my driver and my compass, you know, of where I'm going in my life now. And I'm not, not by any means saying that I'm I'm there yet. You know, I think I still have a lot of parts of me I'm working through. But I, I do know that that direction, without a shadow of doubt, is what brings me more um, happiness in my life. And the the good part of it is I hope it benefits others as well. You know, so there's this, there's this sort of a, it's a very much a win-win, you know. And I think that's somehow we've lost sight of that. In our society, where it's all about individualistic success, it's not about, you know, well, what are you doing from a place of compassion and care for someone today, you know, and 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 which is much harder to measure, you know, than I think some of these these measures for success in the world at the moment.
0: I couldn't agree more, and it's such a good point. And I heard Jim Carrey say a quote about that, where he was saying that he wishes everyone in the world could achieve the fame and financial success that he achieved because then you know they'll realize it's not the answer Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's almost and you know in your version it's like you achieved these things that you had in in your in your mind set up that this is what's going to make me feel happy and whole and then you got there and hang on how come something's still missing and it's almost like we don't really believe things a lot of us until we actually tangibly you know experience it uh so that's that's that's, that's, it's a a tricky thing with it but the point you're making so relevant because that it's a problem that we have with society where things are measured based on all these external forces and most of us buy into that so if there was a different measurement of the main way to be perceived as successful in life is how much am i giving back how connected am i how happy am i and all of those kind of you know, factors that would be a very different equation. So we need to sort of live in that realm while, you know, sort of being part of a world that is set up in a very different measurement. But I think the point you're saying before about um, the things that make us most fulfilled are when we are connecting with others, trying to help other people. And, you know, I always say, look at it selfishly. For me, when I, you know, the thing that made me most fulfilled was when I started doing public speaking and just standing in front of a room sharing my story Uh, and I did it at a time when I was in a really bad way and then I'd have people coming up to me and, you know, hearing back from them that they went and got help and it helped me as much as them. So do do those kind of things from a selfish level is what I always say because if it's going to make you feel good and it helps them, you know, feel better, why
1: not? I agree. Well, I, I, it was so funny. I got into this absolute torment um, in myself. It's like, well, but hang on, if it's making me feel good, then isn't it about me? And I even I even wrote a paper on it during my degree, <laughs> like trying to does altru. Is it really possible? And then I read something. It was in some Buddhist text, and I think it might have been by the Dalai Lama, and and he said, well, doesn't matter if it's helping you and it's helping them. Well, good. <laughs> like yeah. What's the, what's the you know? There, there's no downside to that. And I was like, oh yeah, that's sort of quite simple. <laughs> so I've sort of been in this years of you know, and, and I think that's the the crux of it is that if yeah. we're in that, you you do feel good. And there's there's a there's a, a a much deeper connection with others and they can benefit from your journey and they can benefit from your work with them and and there's there's a lot of coming together, you know, because I think, you know, if you look at that sort of individualistic success in our society, it's almost creating more separation. It's like you're meant to be in this sort of, you know, big house that has big gates that, you know, (laughs) that you're separate from everyone. And I think that's the that probably leads to depression, you know, and anxiety. And, you know, it's it's not, you know, the the opposite is true. Like the the healthier you are, the more connected you should be in the cure community. You know, the more you should be reaching to others, the more open you should be with others and then you'll lead a really happy life, you know. So we've got things a little bit back to front, I think, in terms of how we, you know, how we ultimately think someone is successful.
0: That's such an interesting point, because these things, (laughs) I I thought about that so much. And, um, you know, these things that we're told will make us happy, if you achieve them, it does, it, it, it actually cuts you further off from, from society and i was I, i've been living in new york and i was really struggling when i first moved there and i was reflecting on it, and a lot of my friends there have a lot of money and I, I was comparing how they're living their life to sort of some of the experiences i had by virtue of when i first moved and had to struggle and on reflection i thought well i wouldn't trade these experiences that i had for any amount of money in the world and yeah. it's not saying that we shouldn't strive to be <laughs> successful but it's more. How do we live our, yeah, how do we live our life in a way where we can, even if we have the success, stay connected and, you know, stay authentic in, which it's a value system. So I guess like, exactly yeah. yeah.
1: Well, well, I think that there is about, um, you know, for me and I guess the work I do, it really is about moving beyond your judgments, you know, moving beyond your mind and, and really getting in touch with your value system. It doesn't yep. have to be someone else's, you know, it's not based on some like external doctrine, but, but getting a sense, well, what is it that really feels right to me as a person and who do I want to become? So rather than, well, what should I acquire? What do I need to look like? What do I need to appear to others? It's like, well, actually, I think the question is, well, who's the person I want to be? You know, where do I want to come from? You know, and is where I'm coming from. You know, does that align with my core values and ethics? Or is this actually maybe not from a place of such care and kindness towards this person? And, you know, to me, things get a lot clearer from that place. Because I think, you know, most of us can feel when we do something, we go, oh, God, I that wasn't so nice. You know, I knew I really shouldn't have done that. You know, you know, it's not like you have to be taught that. I think children have that. It's innate in us. They 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 understand to be kind to animals, you know, not to harm them. It's something, it's not something you necessarily have to teach someone. And and so it's getting back to that innate sort of childlike, almost that childlike innocence and that that that, that value system as our compass, not the all these um, external measures that uh, are sort of put upon us.
0: I love that because yeah, if you if you mm-hmm. set that in place, whether this things externally going well or not, that's not what you're measuring it on. So then you've you've actually still mm-hmm. got this compass that will guide you, but you're not going to have. These severe ups and downs, because you're not relying on these things that we can't control to give you that. And I, you know, whenever I feel have anxiety in my life, it's because I'm sort of buying back into that. So it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's an interesting thing. So what I mean, what for people that are really struggling and stuck, you know, in that place, you know, what is your message to them? How do you how do you help people find recalibrate that? You know, when they are really stuck in. Buying into all these other external things, and they've just lost touch with their own value system, their own meaning, their own purpose. You know, how do you? Mm-hmm. What's the? How does that begin? And in a second, I want to ask you as well. You know about what what what, how, yeah. what the um, avatar work actually involves and in what you're doing. So, Ooh. or yeah. you could combine that into Ooh. this answer. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I think it. Um, with your question, it does depend on where someone is at exactly. Like, I think if we, because sometimes there can be the extremes where someone really needs some might need professional support. You know, if they're really in a very very dark place and they're not able to maybe shift themselves, there can be a need for some, you know, professional help with. And with, and that's where I'm not. I'm not anti the medical system. You know, I, I think there's some you know, there's a need for it in those extremes. Um, but I think for for maybe, you know, if we take out the ex, some of the extremes of that, and someone's just feeling a bit down and feeling in there, mm-hmm. but anxious and depressed, I feel it's, as a start point, it's almost doing anything that can have your attention move outward. You know, so maybe that's just, you know, um, an act of kindness, you know, just a, a random act of kindness. Maybe it's, you know, we have, um, I mean, it is from the work I do, we have a thing called the compassion exercise, which anyone can do. It's available to anyone. It's available mm-hmm. to the public, you know. You can just do the compassion exercise. And and really the, the crux of that is just like me, you know, this person is experiencing suffering, you know, and there's a number of steps you can go through. It. And you start to recognize that you're not so different from everyone and that we are all connected. Because I think the crux of that is we need to be more connected with others. And reaching out to others, you know, probably even just calling someone and chatting with someone, you know, as a start, you know, because you're actually yeah. you're creating that genuine connection. I think, you know, one of the challenges is we have, which we can probably talk about a bit later, but this challenge of social media, which yeah. I feel creates more separation rather than actually really talking to someone and and working through it. Um, and then ultimately, I suppose it, you know, to to take that a step further. I think really, where things shift is is when you realize that you you're you're far more than what you think you are. you know I think where anxiety and depression come in is fundamentally getting caught up in our thoughts, getting caught up in our mind, and we imagine all sorts of things and it doesn't matter if it's true or not it's for us it's real in that moment you know and we have we can go down a pretty dark, degrading rabbit hole, thinking we're not as good as others, thinking we're you know, we've got to, you know, we're never going to achieve, we're, we're not successful, we're, you know, it's, it's such a um, spiral downward. And if you allow yourself to go into that thinking, it, it can be pretty dire, you know, that's where I think it can get pretty dark. So one of the, the first things that people need to, and again, it comes back to where you said about experience, you can't just tell someone this, you have to have your own experience of it, but really experiencing that you're not your mind, you're not your thoughts, you're not all that de- that degrading stuff that your mind is telling you is not who you are. And you see, to me, Nick, like that's the the core of it is self-acceptance. You know, people need to realise that they are okay and they're exactly where they need to be and they're completely unique in, in, in their life experience. And at the same time, you know, they're not the only one going through those those experiences, I think we all do. And so it's, it's learning to, you know, become more established in that broader part of us. You know, and, and, and yes, your mind is still going to do its thing and it's still going to tell you all sorts of stuff that might be really awful. But if we can separate from it just enough to recognize, oh, gosh, that's my mind. That's not me. You know, OK, do I listen to it or not? OK, and you have this, this choice point. You see, many people don't have that choice point. They just get swept into it. So the broader we can get that space between you and your mind, I think the healthier you become. And the mind can, of course, be really useful. It's intellectual pursuit can be really helpful. It's created a lot of what you know we live in, a, in, our, in our world. But I think when we allow it to take us in those directions, that's where the um, a lot of the mental health issues are. Um, so it's helping people to experientially get that understanding, and then become more stable in that part outside of themselves and then just taking that a little bit further I think once that is sort of established what keeps that moving is your connection with others so if you can then start to say well well, how can I create something good for this person in front of me you know how can I contribute a little to my community how can I actually do something that benefits that's where the stability is you know and I think if we are more in that service mindset of, of 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 not what can I get for myself, but how can I help the next person? Interestingly enough, you get all the benefits. You know, Let's, and it's because look, probably a big part of my journey, I was completely over myself. <laughs> I was so bored yeah. of myself. I was like, I'm done. You know, I'm I'm over it. And so, so, the, so, so my um, joy in life is being with others. And enjoying their journey and, and, and learning from that. And, and I can't think of anything more exciting. I mean, there was a question you sent and, you know, I, I, like there was some, something where you mentioned about um, when you're happy, when, when are you happiest or something? There was something I saw there. Yeah. You know? and, and for me, I was thinking, well, when I'm happiest um, is actually when I'm in, you know, in the care for others, you know, when I'm, I'm really there with someone. And, and seeing them reach that broader perspective for me that's that, that there's nothing greater you know to be a part of and and I think we can all you know and of course I can get a lot better i'm not not an expert at that yet i've, I've I'm improving, but I know that's what creates um that that has me not fall back into my mind and fall back into some of those dark darker places
0: so much in what you just said there, and yeah, couldn't agree more and it's it is it's an ongoing thing, but it really does come down to that and I mean, I've spent a lot of time in Africa, India, and you go and you meet these people that literally have from, you know, Western terms next to nothing. And they, their life's almost built around, okay, can I get enough food, water, provide shelter, look after my community? Yet they're genuinely happy and they're not thinking about all these other things that we think about, you know, and, and we wouldn't have like, if it was the answer, you wouldn't see all of these rich and famous people that are highly depressed, that have drug problems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, James James mm-hmm. Packer's an example. One you know, multi billionaire and the guy is has severe mental health issues. It's not mm-hmm. the answer. And I mean I was nah. really touched the other day actually. <laughs> I had I've just got back to Vancouver and had a stopover in Fiji and I went I had a sort of a whole day there. So I got a um a taxi to go to just a resort and just light on the beach for the day and this guy that Drove me there. We got chatting. uh He had, you know, two kids. He's worked his whole life just trying to support the family. He drives around the clock every day, six days a week, and barely has enough money. You're sort of telling me about how they sort of, you know, on the side have to grow vegetables and sell those as well, and you know, they can barely make ends meet. Yet he got to know me, and we got got on so well that by the end, you're saying, well, you know, I'd love to. Why don't next time call me, and I'll put on a. Barbecue and put on a bit of a party and come hang out and do this and do that and I was like this this guy that has next to nothing is still mm-hmm. offering a stranger to go and you know cook a meal for and and he and again, he seems so connected it, it's crazy you know it's the simple yeah. things that we just forget to do
1: yeah and and so for him that was the highest importance was his sort of from his values to be actually no matter what he doesn't have to still be giving that to someone you know I think that's a lot we can learn from that and probably there's a lot from many you know I think more you know indigenous cultures that have some of that ingrained that don't have the same mental health issues that we have in in our western culture that we've somehow dismissed as not you know we know better and I think we're, we're potentially um, destroying a lot of that wisdom that's available to us. You know, I think it's, you know, far ahead of where we are in, in our Western society, you know, and, and so I think, yeah, that's a really good example, you know, where he's sort of got things right, but sort of from a, a, a measure of success within our culture, we wouldn't see that as successful,
0: you know. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's, mm. it's, yeah, no, a lot of it really is backwards. It's crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. so are you able mm-hmm. to tell me more about the work that you currently do and, and what that involves? Yeah.
1: yeah. So so the work I do is called, is called the Avatar Course. And the you know, it's basically developing the skills to introspect effectively, to you know, to look at yourself honestly beyond the judgments of your mind. You know, that's the start point. Now to do that you have to be able to control your attention. And this is something I think is absolutely fundamental and also fundamental to a lot of the issues we have in society, is, is to get better control of our attention and understand how your attention behaves. Because for many of us, you know, our attention is just, it's just pulled towards whatever's in front of us. And particularly in the age of smartphones, you know, the beep on your phone, you know, it's like we, we don't have control necessarily. Um, and, and everything's sort of vying for our attention. You know, it's so we're a bit up against it. You know, <laughs> there's some pretty powerful forces that want our attention. And so a, a big part of it is learning to understand that and then also be able to get better control of it. Now, from there, it's also learning to develop your will, you know, the part of you that makes decisions so that you can be deciding from the place you want to decide from, maybe not from like a lower realm of will where it's it's it might feel good in the moment, you know, you might have a good hit, but you know long-term it's not healthy. So, so it's about strengthening the part of us that we want to strengthen so we're, you know, coming from the place, uh, you know, that has higher values and that has a, a much longer-range perspective. <clears throat> and then ultimately um, within the course, it's, it's learning about your integrity um, which is really how we affect others, you know, what What are we doing to others? And, you know, doing that in a way that's playful and light, you know, because I think get a bit heavy, you know, we're, we're also from quite a, I think in our society it's quite a religious sort of culture, like you're meant to sort of bash yourself when you do something wrong, whether you go to church or not. There's this sort of undercurrent of punishment when you've been bad and wrong, you know. So a lot of the the work I do, you know, with within Avatar is helping people get out of that right-wrong paradigm, like not looking at it as right or wrong, but looking at it from the, well, that's a different, you know, that's a different viewpoint. You know, that's interesting. I did that, you know, taking in that sort of attitude so you can just see it for what I, what it, what it is. And if you did something, well, yeah, I did it. It was me. Okay. But I know it didn't make me feel good. I know it didn't make them feel good. I'm going to, you know, try better next time. You know, not much more complicated than that. And you know but it's it's not always easy because we have this idea we're meant to you know punish ourselves or it's so wrong or or we get very righteous about things you know so it's about moving out of that righteousness and into seeing things from another person's perspective and honestly occupying their viewpoint so that you mm. can you know have more awareness of uh, of others and how they think and that maybe you're not so right after all it's not that it's not that you it's not that you have to believe what they see, but it is learning to recognize that everyone sees things differently and then ultimately, I think with the work I do it's it's really um, helping people experientially understand that their beliefs create their reality and this is an interesting one because often we think you know our beliefs are created by others and by outside forces, but it's really looking at well actually if you turn that around and say something happens. Well, what you believe about the event actually is more important than the event itself, you know, you can have two people that experience exactly the same traumatic, you know, maybe they have a, there's a car accident or there's a, I don't know, there can be, you fill the gap with anything and two people come out of it in a completely different state of mind and they have one of them, it destroys their life, you know, one of them, they, it sends them down a spiral and it, you know, it's the worst thing that could happen. The other one, it becomes this motivation for change. And they completely shift um, into a new direction. And it was actually the best thing that could have ever happened to them. And so the the interest there is, what is it that makes those two people different? And ultimately, it's what they believe about it. So if you can help someone um, understand how their beliefs affect what they're experiencing, again, not as a concept, but as an experience, that's extraordinarily powerful. Mm -hmm. And so on the course... We actually support people to that experience, not just as a mental concept, but as a as a real life in the moment experience of how their beliefs create their experiences. And then from there, of course, you can create what you prefer. So it's like, well, I know where that took me. I, I don't I and, and and look, a big part of that is also, I suppose to put it sort of just simply it's those past experiences having less influence on us in a negative way yeah. and 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 sort of discreating those experiences, you know, like, like moving beyond them and then becoming forward-looking. It's like, okay, this is what's happened. We can't change the past, it's been, but where do I want to go? You know, what is it? Who do I want to become? You know, and what's going to take me in that direction? So I think the, the course is very effective at helping people get to that level of well, we would say like a source viewpoint where they can really see they're creating their life experience. And then, you know, from there, you know, moving, you know, doing the work they need to, to move for what they want to experience in life. And then a little bit like I've alluded to already, I mean, ultimately then, as you get yourself a bit more sorted, It's all about, well, how can I contribute some more? You know, so how can I make the world a better place? And and what do I need to do? And whatever way that is, is up to you. You know, the thing with the Avatar course, it's not a doctrine. It's not a religion. It's not, no one's going to tell you what to believe or who you are or what, you know, what you should do with your life. It's really you getting to the core of what that is for you and then making your own decisions. Um, And whatever experience that is, is what you uniquely need, which may be different to the next person. You know, and I think the, the challenge with the delivery of the course is really creating, um, you know, a space where that can unfold and not putting your own influence in there. And that's sometimes hard because sometimes you just want to shake people and tell them and go, but I've tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> what does work is people coming to their own realisation, you know. And so, look, and, and, and on that note, it does take some work, you know no one can do the work for you, you know, so for someone coming into the work, they have to firstly make a decision, they want to look at themselves responsibly, because believe me, not everyone does. most people are very interested in blame and criticism, and it's someone else's fault. you know it's a popular option. it's just that option doesn't usually lead to really good experiences. it's just more of the same, and so you have to want to look honestly at yourself and be willing to do the work to develop that awareness so that you can be become more of who you want to be and there's a tremendous amount of guidance and support but ultimately the work is done by the individual you know and and many moments of decision um so you know that's the
0: you know that's the that's sort of the short version i guess Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs. In the Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your borough purchase at borough.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at borough.com slash ACAST. Questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com slash book and we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're gonna be loading up other groups and you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events, we've got courses, we've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to to grow and share your learnings to learn about different topics you get email reminders there's a whole lot of features in there we're constantly updating it and we're so excited to share it with you you can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me yeah thank you thank you for sharing And no, it sounds incredible and you know as as we were saying before there's obviously so many levels when it comes to this area, and if someone is really struggling, you know, it's important <clears> for them to go and see a psychologist or a psychiatrist a in that area. But it, there's that middle part, which is the majority of us sit where, yeah. what can I actually do? And, and And change won't be made. You know, there's no, it's such a complicated area where, yes, that's going to help. But then I think in society, we often look at things black and white, where it's like, well okay i'm going to pay a psychologist hopefully i'll just fix all my problems because mm-hmm. they're now on the payroll and they're going to have all the solutions or give me a magic pill or do this so it's sort of yeah. important but we've got to learn that we want these actual holistic changes to be made well that's going to take day it's the same as you know exercising if we want to lose weight or get fit or whatever it is you're going to have to do this stuff every day and you're going to have to live by that's that right. and create a new philosophy on life and Yeah, I love all the points you're talking about that you do there. You know, things like how do we we reflect on things that didn't go our way? And I try and look at that as in there's no such thing as failure. Like if something goes badly or doesn't go away, we're going to learn so much more out of that than if we just got what we want all the time. So we can actually be grateful for those experiences and let them now shape us into, you know, where we're going. So just changing these ways of looking at it is so important.
1: Oh, I agree completely. You know, and there's an interesting, there's an interesting out, out of some of the work I do who, um, from the author, Harry Palmer, who's the author of the material. You know, one of the things that says about failure is like, well, no one fails until they give up. Like, yeah. none of it is a failure. It's maybe we make some mistakes and you learn from it, but it's not a failure. Um, and it's, I think the, the, the core of it is being able to learn effectively from our mistakes. You know, so where you're not making yourself wrong and not criticizing yourself and degrading yourself, but saying, well, you know, what, what can I take away from this? At least, at least you know how you don't want to be, you know, so you've got more wisdom. Well, I know I don't want to do that again. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing, you know, so then where do I go next? And, and then maybe you make another mistake, maybe make a thousand, but at least you're, you're, you're growing along the way because if you don't even have a go at it, well, you're not going to grow. You know, you you're just gonna you're just gonna you know, and so I think unless you're shut in a cupboard away from the world, you you know, I don't think it's possible not to make a lot of mistakes. I actually think it's inhuman. You know, we're not robots. You know, <laughs> so it's, it's it's really important to just be able to look at it more objectively, and and from a place of sort of you know where you're not judging to be able to gain the wisdom that's that's within that experience, whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, exactly, and it's it's you know it's it comes back to vulnerability that we're just taught to try and uh, be in control all the time to not make mistakes to not show any of that vulnerability that is required to to actually be able to embrace it to learn to to you know put yourself out there and and try or yeah. like you're saying you know if you don't go and try things and they don't go your way or fail at things or whatever it is. How are you going to even know what you actually want to do, like, or what you know about? It? You know, you've got to actually be out in the world trying to, trying to sort of do all these different things that shape us. So it's, and it, it, it's such a good point as well that you made about you can only guide these people because people mm-hmm. need to understand that it's not easy mm-hmm. to make these changes. It is going to take mm-hmm. hard work, uh, but yeah. it's going to have to come from you. So you can provide Perfectly. them with the, the guidance, but you can't really tell someone do this or don't do that they've got to really want to do it themselves
1: you bet yeah and and just back to just a little point you made also about the, the like counseling or other psycho- psychological support that is really that is really helpful to a point you know I mean I think if someone really does need um is in a really they need to see someone and they need to see a professional but I think when that 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 sort of more talk therapy you know can yeah. get you to a certain place and it can be so helpful but then there's sometimes it doesn't doesn't get people to where they really want to be you know and then it does require you know I, I guess a stretch into developing more awareness and and having the tools you know to be able to keep keep going in that direction and that's i think where this work is extraordinarily helpful um, and and yes you can't force someone to be responsible it sort of goes against it you know you can't <laughs> say you know because it's it's like it, then, then they're, they're relying on you to tell them and this work is the opposite of that. Well, it's like, you know, we want to strengthen someone's ability to decide, you know, and not need to be dependent on someone. Um, and and it it sounds really good when you say it, but doing it's quite hard because mm-hmm. most of us sort of secretly like being told what to do. It's much easier. Then you know who to blame when it doesn't go right, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, you said, you know, um, but so the the challenge of, really listening to yourself and making your own choices can feel very scary because then when you do make that mistake, you know that it was you. It wasn't because of someone else. But the benefit of that is then you can truly look at it as yours and learn from it. And that's, yeah. I think, I think that's where the, the, the wisdom is developed.
0: And and you also just become more proud of yourself. You know, you can look yourself in the mirror and really feel true to yourself. But it is it's such a difficult thing, you know, on, on all those notes, you were saying about uh just taking that a- accountability, not being able to really sit there and and say that you know not 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 be a victim, be able to look at no, this didn't go my way because of this this and this, and it is so hard. And i have I'm getting better at it, but I'll go through phases where sometimes I'm back in that victim mode, and then you no, know, you know this is my responsibility. But it's really confronting and really difficult, but that's the crazy mm-hmm. part about it. You know, it feels, it's it's like taking a drug, I guess. You're in the victim mode. Oh no, the world's against me. It's not fair. This didn't go my way. If only this changed. And you sit there saying all these things and it might make you feel better for five minutes, but you're then going to mm-hmm. be sitting in that same problem that's going to get worse over time. So you can either do that mm-hmm. or you can take the mm-hmm. harder step and really just look at it for what it is and accept that this is where you're at. This is why I'm here. Yeah. What can I learn from that to now make better decisions moving forward? But yeah, it's not easy. I think people need to understand no. that this stuff's not easy. <clears throat> it's not easy.
1: And I and I think no matter what the experience is, because I mean there are true victims in the world. There yeah. are awful things yeah. that happen to people. And, and and not for a moment is this, you know, the work saying that someone's gone out there and deliberately had someone attack them or something. It's not yeah. of course not. You know. But the event happened. And and you can look at it from yeah, from blame and and, and be in blame of that person for the rest of your life of what they did to you and, and you know, feel in that low point. Or you can look at it from the perspective of no blame. Well, you know, how, you know, we, w- w- you know I was there. So at some level I'm involved, you know, no matter what it was. And how can I actually, and this sort of leads into the area of to some degree of forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, how can I really, Um, have that move through that experience so it's not affecting me now you know and that's where the work is you know so that so that actually becomes something that's an empowering experience even the most awful thing you can imagine can actually become something you can develop incredible strength from that can really define your life in the most beautiful way so a big part of the acceptance is you need to find the positive positive. So, even in that really awful experience, there, you, you, there will be something positive you can find in it that's come from it. That can be extraordinarily hard though, particularly when it's a really significant event and I think that's where the you know like in the work I do with the avatar tools, it can help people get to that so that they can fully free up from those experiences and feel really good about themselves and, and move forward yep,
0: no definitely and <laughs> and from from your experience, how many people? do you think are sort of stuck in that, you know, whether it's, you know, a victim mentality, whether it's just, you know, being out of tune, as we're talking about with your gut and just stuck living a life that they're not satisfied with, but not knowing where to go. You know, how many people do you think are stuck in that?
1: Like, honestly, in our, in our society? Yeah. I'd say most. Yeah. <laughs> like more, I'd more agree than with or you.
0: Not, I'd, not. I'd agree, yeah. I would agree.
1: I would say almost everyone to some extent. <clears throat> I mean, we all have moments where we feel blame. I mean, our whole media is driven on blame. You know, mainstream sort of media that's fed it. Up. It's all about blaming someone. You know, it's it's this. So, so really, our whole culture is a blame culture. So, I would say, yeah, I mean, simply probably everyone, but some people are more down the rabbit hole than others. And 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 I think, I mean, from from my perspective, I think it is that sort of mentality. It does lead to a lot of anxiety and depression um, because you feel helpless. It's like if it's if it's because of something outside of you, well, there's nothing I can do about it. you know, I'm stuck, you know, so there's a feeling of helplessness that that can that can set in, so <clears throat> the challenge is well well how do you how do you get someone to a place where they have a choice that they can do something about it yeah. and and that's really about that attitude shift you know that um no matter how you know dire the consequences, you know, and this is where. <clears throat> Another one of my early influences was Viktor Frankl. You know where he said, you know, the, um, you know you can choose, you know, you can lose everything, and but you know, except the last of the human freedoms, you know, where to to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. And so, how do you help people get to that attitude change, so that they they can actually move move forward from that dark hole? And I think that's a lot of the work that I do. Is, is supporting people to that choice point where well, you can choose to blame and criticize and and, and be in a more helpless place, or you can shift your attitude into learning from the experience and and creating something new. And that's a choice we all have, you know, really at any point. Again, easy to talk about. Doing it, I think, is, is, is where the, the the hard work comes in, you know, that you do actually really have to make some decisions that you don't want to keep blaming. That you do want to look at it from a more empowered perspective
0: it's really tough because even even if we start doing <clears> that work you've got to it's a daily thing and we're going to be facing obstacles every day and I guess going back to you know media social media we're being fed the you know propaganda fear mongering we've got these devices that from the moment you wake up in the morning you open your phone and you're exposed to information and how do you know what's real and what's not how much is it affecting you you're opening social media you're looking at other people's lives you're seeing what they're doing you're trying to compare yourself to them you're maybe going down a path now of trying to do something to impress other people because you see what they're doing when it's taking you further away from what you really want like I guess how big of an issue do you see all of that and what can we do How, how can we how can we try and you know be less affected by it
1: I honestly feel that one of our biggest burdens in our current <clears throat> I guess what's well, current Western culture but it's other cultures as well now, um, is the influence of of media and social media and and I think we're really up against it because of course all those algorithms are designed to keep our attention you know stuck on that screen, and it leads to very destructive behaviour. Um, and very destructive thought patterns, so i think that's, <clears throat> you know I' have this view that we're in the in this pandemic of anxiety you know, I think that's the real pandemic that we need to be concerned with is that people's minds are so worried and anxious based on like what you're talking about, and that you know comparing yourself to someone that really is not even it doesn't even really exist like that that, that person is only giving some warped view of their life. They're not really sharing their deepest, darkest thoughts. And so we we base our idea of others on what's a completely imagined reality that leads us to feel bad about ourselves. And look, I have real concern with that, particularly for young people. I think, you know, if, yeah. if I, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that I, I was just, I'm just old enough that I didn't grow up with social media because I don't know how I would have gone with it. And so I, I, I'd imagine like with the, you know being a young person and you know seeing these images constantly come up um it's it's scary and 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 the way through it i feel is is ultimately helping people learn to better direct their attention like have more control of their attention so that they can recognize the signals that tell them they're going down the rabbit hole and start to take a breath and really put their attention on something that's going to lead them in the direction of, of of a really positive frame of mind, um, and a healthy state of mind, and and still being able to look at those more. I'm not. I'm you know. I'm not just talking about avoiding looking at those challenging areas, but at least not being so influenced by this warped reality that we have, which is within social media, particularly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's not going away, mm-hmm. and you know, like you were saying, I feel the same thing. So grateful that I just missed you know growing up with it because. God, you know, it's like mm. it really does scare me. Like, what this, what's this going to do to the kids that are growing up in this generation? We don't, and we don't know because no. we don't have. We there's not enough touch points to actually look at it yet to see what that's going to yeah. do. It's just, it's terrifying. It's horrible.
1: Well, and the speed of it is just extraordinary. I mean, yeah. we've created this huge shift in the way the attention is focused within just a couple of decades. You yeah. know, on the scheme of things, we've been on this planet for a while. You know, as a species, it's quite a um, risky experiment to, to be taking, I think. Yeah. And and yeah, I you know I think the the challenge is what like what you said, it's not going to go anywhere. You know, I don't. I think it's learning how to deal with it, and so teaching people ways to better manage their their mind and their attention um, that needs to be the focus. You know, I think we should be teaching that in schools. You know, like that should be the focus of education because it's not like we have a lack of information you know we, we can access information but how do you access the right information and that's what we need to be teaching people
0: exactly and that's overwhelming <laughs> because you know there's just so much out there and how do you actually know what's good information and what's not how do you access the right stuff it's 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 a really difficult thing and and i agree i think you know it's the most important thing that should be taught in schools there needs to be an overhaul in just changing how kids are taught and making that a priority. Because if you don't learn mm-hmm. those skills, how are you going to navigate through all of this, how are you, you you're sort of almost setting people up for failure, yeah. you're going to have to learn through, you know, going through really negative experiences and hopefully coming out the other end, but it's just, it's not, doesn't, to me, it doesn't seem like the, the right way to go about things.
1: No, no. And, and I think we, we need to be teaching kids about how their mind operates. You know, like getting a better understanding of how their thought processes work, of how their attention behaves, you know, like those sorts of areas, you know, should be, because they're absolutely core to be able to create, you know, more well-being and fulfillment in your life, you know, if those things are not understood. And it, it, it needs to be the focus. So, I mean, that's probably a whole other discussion in there. But the conventional educational model, I don't think is so... Useful and teaching those things, you know, it, it, yeah. it should be very much the core of education, and then some of the other things should be more on the sides, you know. And I think then we develop a much healthier society.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we're we we're, we're using an education system that was built for a society fifty plus years ago, and mm-hmm. the world's changed so dramatically, it really doesn't make sense. And it's, you know, anyway, like like you're saying, I think. Mm that might be podcast number 2 for us to just discuss that topic because <laughs> there's a lot to talk yeah. about there. <laughs> it's there. a big is. issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and 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 like my in my background I did I did well in that system, you know, academically I did well, but it certainly didn't bring me the the growth of what I've experienced in developing my awareness. You know, it doesn't even compare. You know, yeah. so there's something yeah. I, I was quite almost like I You know, I I suppose I enjoyed being in in some aspects of that and intellectual pursuits and, you know, through, you know, and and all through, you know, there's some enjoyment, but it didn't really bring me the growth I was looking for. And I I was almost a bit, I felt a bit, I think, realizing some of the things I have over the years, you almost feel a bit ripped off. It's like, why didn't I learn this at school? You know, why didn't I, why didn't I know more of this? Because it would help me, you know, and I had to go through all those struggles and and it would have been so easy if I'd had a bit of just even simple understandings like that I'm not my mind, mm-hmm. you know, like that would have been so useful in my teenage years. No Jesus, you know, yeah. Like when do I start? <laughs> <laughs> or that it's actually really helpful to be kinder to people rather than just you know. And I know we sort of tell you know we we have all these ideas of what we tell kids, and but but then it's 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 more indoctrination rather than self realization. Yeah, and. Yeah indoctrination only goes so far you know because most people just want to push against it you know don't tell me what to do and you know or they or or we pick it up you know just um you know just by what's going on around us sort of unconsciously um but to really you know help people develop that awareness i think is where things are going to move you know like to do that you know very deliberately you know with people um not just you know, not just use these other sort of measures that we've used. You know, within the educational model, which aren't absolutely,
0: so yeah. And and it's not mm. to say that you know the academic side's a bad thing either. It's just saying oh. we need we need balance. We need to be taught. You know, mm. on a again a holistic sort of viewpoint on things. And yeah,
1: well, well, I think the holistic viewpoint includes science. It includes yep. all yep. academia. That is part of the holistic viewpoint, but it's not at the expense of introspection and awareness development, you know, the, that's where I, I think the problem with some science is that you need external measures to be able to measure it. You know, when it comes to more spiritual, um, you know, and uh, developing yourself spiritually, it's hard to measure some of those things. You know, you can't put it in a science experiment. You know, it's very sub- subjective, you know, some of those experiences. But I, I feel we need to include all of it. You know, it's not, it's not to be, um, it's not like science is bad. You know, and it's not like um, things within a more spiritual path can't include science. I think it's all, it all needs to be part of the same thing. You know, all the good parts need to be used together. Um, And I think that's where sometimes people can get sort of anti one way or the other. And that's also dangerous. You know, I think when we get too righteous about the, you know, this is because you've taken this path, you're anti this path, or because you took this, you're anti that. See, that's that that causes issues in itself
0: exactly no and and it is it's sort of finding that that middle ground and i guess i've probably gone from more really being out on that more sort of spiritual holistic approach and then now finding a middle ground where i've started looking more into the science of things and it it put you end up somewhere in the middle and i guess you've gone the opposite where you've gone the academic scientific you know approach at the beginning and then you've gone the other side and now i'm sure both of them work well together and will continue to so i think it really is you know we need to understand on all levels it's an incredibly complicated um you know thing to to look into there's so many um angles to it but we can't really have mm. a grounded viewpoint unless we're presented with all of the information and then can decide okay based on all of this here's where yes. i think i need to go you know otherwise. What can you do if you, don't, if you don't know that?
1: Exactly. No, I, I completely agree with that. You know, and then, and then from that place of seeing all aspects, you can then make a, a really clear decision, you know, yeah. not just based yeah. on some sort of righteous viewpoint, you know, of like this is, you know, this is how it is and there's only one way. And, and you know, that, that's, that, that can really, because then you, then you may not see those things that could be really valuable. You know, yeah. you don't see yeah. those other viewpoints that could actually be really helpful. So it's learning the skills to be able to see it from all those different viewpoints and not just get caught in one righteous belief, you know. So, uh, and that's, again, it's because um, we all have our ideas of what's right and wrong, you know, and some of us feel pretty strongly about it, you know, but it's, it's learning to um, recognize that it's, it is just our viewpoint. It's not yeah. necessarily the only viewpoint, you know. And, yeah. and I think that, that that leads to a really healthy mind state.
0: Absolutely. So I finish every episode with five closing questions. Before we go into that, I just want to ask mm-hmm. you, on a personal level, um, yeah, are there are there some things that you do daily for your mental and physical health? You know, whether it's exercise, mm-hmm. meditation, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you can share with our listeners.
1: Yeah. Well, on the physical level, I do walk every day. I have to have my morning walk. I think that's absolutely essential. And I have, um, I do eat as healthy as I can you know I I think um, you know more plant-based is my direction but I I have nothing against people that don't choose plant-based as well it's 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 more just that's been that's what's worked well for me Um, and then on a on a more awareness level or mental health level as well I I use some of the tools from the work I do and those tools help to help me to go beyond my mind and my intellect and all the sort of the noise that I think can often be there, even when we wake up, you know, there's all these thoughts or worries. And so that helps me come more into the present moment, more into connection and more experiencing my, you know, what's happening for me, not just being in the thinking about it. And I find that's where I'm most effective in my day. And I actually, actually feel like karma, calmer, more here with people, helps me connect more with others. And then the other thing I do each day is, is, is really exercises to be focusing on my core values. You know, so getting to the essence of what's really driving me, what's my direction and doing those things that align with that, you know, so that that compass is clear, you know, because I think when you have that compass, you know, then you know what decisions to make. It becomes very easy to make decisions. But if it's not clear, you can get you can go down, you know, you go this way, that way, this way, that way, and and nothing's really achieved. So I I use some exercises for that as well
0: i love that and yeah and and that feeds into you know what we're talking about with the values and I, i just think that's such an important thing to remind yourself of because like you said every day there's a million choices a million different directions we can go down but if you simplify it and think hang on what's my value system what's the direction i'm trying to go in and then you can just look at each decision does that fit into it and a lot of them may not and then that will guide you and it just simplifies things because i think what the biggest the biggest or one of the biggest issues in the world is is overwhelm and it leads to anxiety and you know we're, we've got there's too many choice choices so yeah mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really good point
1: yeah exactly yeah and and i think moving through that overwhelm is so essential you know that's that yeah that's you know yeah absolutely yeah
0: okay so these these closing questions can be sort of just whatever answer comes to mind. um we finish every episode with these yeah. um so nothing too crazy, but the first one is um <laughs> yeah,' not going to yeah. throw you too far under the bus yet yeah. um, okay the first one's what what's the best childhood memory that comes to mind for you
1: um for me, it's probably when I'm about. I don't know, I was probably about five or six. It's actually in a place called Lake Hawea um, in the South Island of New Zealand. And it's sitting at a friend's, a family friend's place with my parents and we're, you know, hearing them all connect. There's a fire burning, there's a beautiful lake in front. And and it's, but it's the feeling of the connection, particularly among the adults, actually. That's interesting. You know, when I, I look at that and then the occasional guitar coming out and, you know, singing, and, and there's this, you know, I remember for me, I suppose, why that's so beautiful is because it has this feeling of together- togetherness and connection, and with family and and some and, and friends, and, and I think that's probably, in my, you know, in my values, you know, that that's left a very lasting impression, you know, of I think what is most important, which is our connection to each other, you know, yeah. so I think that's why it brings such a warmth, and, you know, I love that feeling, because it's, it's so... I think what matters the most is that we, you know, create that connection, and that we're more together and 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 supportive with each other.
0: Yeah, no, such a nice memory. Uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And it's so true. You know, connections. What what is there if we don't have that? So yeah, it's so important.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: What What do you think? Obviously, there's a lot of them, but what do you think is currently the biggest burden on mental health um, in society?
1: Well. I think we've probably touched on it. Um, my, my, my biggest concern at the moment is related to social media and the way we're, um, what we are training, you know, our kids with. Yeah. And yeah. I think that relates to, you know, that directly leads to anxiety through a comparison of ideals that really don't exist and, and, and making up so much in our mind based on a very wobbly um, reference point you know, within social media, which is so artificial. And so that leads people to feeling not good about themselves. And I think it's that, that not feeling good about yourself that, lead, that, that can lead to the, the, the sort of the, the anxiety, depression path. And so we need to be supporting people to a greater level of self-acceptance and really understanding that those measures are false. You mm-hmm. know, um, and, and I, personally, I think that is through the individual. You know, and through education, because um, it's a really big one to try and stop externally. So we need to help people better manage their minds. Yeah.
0: What's your personal definition of happiness?
1: Um, my personal definition of happiness. Like, it would be the moment I get to experience with another person when they move from a very narrow viewpoint of themselves, into there's this moment of realization where they realize that's not who they are, and if I get to be a part of those moments with someone, like I I, I do not know of anything that makes me happier, because yeah. you start to see this person brighten, like literally years drop off their face, you know they become younger, you know, <laughs> and you just see this lightness of being come through because they realize they're not. They're degrading thoughts, that's not who they are, and to be a part of those moments with people i don't have I don't know of a happier
0: moment i,
1: I that that's that that's where i that's my happy place is to be in that moment with someone
0: I love that that it goes back to you know what we're talking about with just being able to help others and get you know the value that can bring and how nothing can you know really make you happier so it's yeah really good point yes yeah. Yeah. What are you most afraid of? <clears throat> I,
1: I suppose my greatest fear is not reaching enough people to make some sort of substantial difference.
0: Mm.
1: Um, That's what I'm most afraid of. Like, I, you know... Uh, uh, it's like I I have no, I, I love what I do and I love working with people, but I, I would love to be able to see that move, not, not, just, not, not just with me personally, but like to see that move more into society so that people can understand a little more of what we've been talking about. Because my greatest fear is that it doesn't penetrate far enough into sort of the mainstream, you know, to really make a difference. You know, I think there's a number of people that are really aware and there's a lot of people exploring more like really and really good work's going on in the world, but that needs to become more in more core in our society. So my greatest fear is that doesn't penetrate far enough into our society to create the change. And the reason that's my greatest fear is because I feel if we don't make some of that change, we are extinct as a species. Mm. I think if people do not start to shift beyond the individualistic mindset, and consuming the planet into a broader awareness and care for our ecology, care for other human beings, care for all of our resources through a broader awareness, then I actually think we are extinct as a species. And that's why it's my greatest fear.
0: Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty powerful, heavy statement, which you know I'd have to agree with you on because
1: mm-hmm. it
0: has to reach it'll reach a tipping point. How far can we go if we're just eating up every resource on the planet? And living mm-hmm. in that way, it has to change at some point. So, yeah, I think I, I love the fact that you said that because I think
1: mm-hmm. we
0: need more people saying these kind yeah. of statements and reminding people that this stuff is not – this isn't a trivial conversation. This is not no. just about, you yeah. know, any any one person. It's about our future. No. It's about, about everything. It connects to everything. So, it's, yeah, it's really important.
1: Yeah, and we so, need yeah. to recognize that we really are all in this together. You know, yeah. we're not just individual islands. That this and, and I think if we don't get to that point soon, um, we're in trouble. We're in big trouble.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, on a on a slightly happier note, um, yeah. what are you what are you most proud of?
1: Um well, I think I'm most proud of not succumbing to some of the societal pressures of who I should be and what I should do and listening to what everyone else tells me but actually trusting my own direction for my inspiration and that's not like I alluded to at the start that's been a difficult journey Um, but I'm so proud of myself that I didn't um, succumb to some of those outside forces and I keep going with what I really felt in my heart and that that did involve you know developing the parts of me that create more connection to others and and actually hopefully help people along the way you know and i think that's that's what i'm most proud of is um is, is following my own direction and continuing to you know learn and understand that i'm will always be learning for the rest of my life and i don't know it all and 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 starting to get beyond um my own you know my own challenges in those areas so that i can really contribute something
0: great answer and oh final thing um for anyone mm-hmm. listening, we'll put all of this in the show notes, but where can they go if they want to learn more about you or, and what you're doing?
1: Yeah, so the website that people can go to um, for this part of the world is avataroceania.com, mm-hmm. and so that has some information. Um, the global website is called the com. so both of those have many helpful resources and many links that you can explore further you know from from that so yeah that that's where people find a lot of information
0: great well again for anyone listening if you go to the show notes all of the links will be there so make make sure to check it out and Simon thank you so much for making the time for your first podcast interview you've been amazing very natural love everything we've talked about I think I could have kept this going for another two hours and there's so many other things to explore so maybe we can do another one someday uh, but you know thank you so much mate for, for making the time
1: yeah. Thank you so much, Nick. I've really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, all the best with everything. And yes, I'd love to talk again someday if that opens up.
0: appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks to Simon Townsend for joining me today for Move Your Mind. Once again, if you'd like to learn more, you can purchase the Move Your Mind book by going to nickbrax.com book, and you can find all other information at nickbrax.com.